Welcome to the Canadian SME Podcast, a podcast for Canadian small businesses. We interview Canadian experts and entrepreneurs to provide expert insight into marketing, innovation, business leadership, technology, and trends that impact small business. Our mission is to empower Canadian small and medium enterprise to help you grow your business. The question is about supply chain complexity and the necessity for manufacturing industry integration. To dive deeper into this, we had the chance to speak with Dan Leonello, CEO and co-founder of Omni Technologies, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and facilitator with over 30 years of experience in the manufacturing industry. In this podcast, Dan explains the factors that contribute to the expansion of a tech company with respect to Canadian strategic alliances. Additionally, he insists on the importance of having open and straightforward communication inside the organization and with clients. Dan describes the numerous steps enrolled in the management of the back end in order to provide a seamless workflow for end users. Hello everyone, this is Karina from Canadian SME, your host for the Small Business Podcast. We are honored to have Dan Uyunillo, the Serial Entrepreneur, Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Omni Technologies in Cleveland. Hello, Dan. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thanks, Karina. How are you? I am doing well. I'm super excited and thank you for asking. You're very welcome. We appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today, Dan. And we are eager to hear more about your experience in manufacturing industry and your views on the future of logistics. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, where would you like to start? <laughs> well, I'm going to start and give you a little... Um, let's say, introduction from my end. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, supply chain can be defined as an industrial process that provides a foundation for the creation of goods and services. But the complexity of today's supply chain is staggering with uh, a multitude of stakeholders reliant on each other to ensure success. Now, then, we would love to know, do you also perceive supply chain as being a complicated process or not? But before we dive into all stuff logistics, how has your journey been as a passionate entrepreneur develop, developing and executing strategic plans to expand into new markets? We would love to know how your journey has been so far. Well, it's been pretty incredible. Um, been at it for a while now. Started with a manufacturing company, you know, a little over 30 years ago when things were still manufactured in North America. Um, and so at that time, we were supplying control panels and other electronic components into what was an electronics industry uh, manufacturing here in North America. 15 years ago, uh, as the market shifted, we began moving our production offshore. And at that point, I discovered that we had actually become an information company because yes, it's very complex. And what I discovered is at that point, the quality and the timeliness of the information that we had determined the quality and timeliness of the products that were delivered and, and where they got to. So we discovered that information was key. Um, at that point, we actually built a lot of systems to manage the information manually. 
Um, and if you can imagine the complexity when you've got multiple products, um, multiple tiers in the supply chain, um, it starts to add up very quickly. And so we recognize that, you know, essentially one of the things I do is I look into the future and I ask the question, what's going to put us out of business? And that's the way we sort of begin the strategic look at things. And, and what I realized was that someone was going to build a platform that managed the complexity of the information, communication, quality, everything about the relationships between vendors and customers. And that was going to be a major shift in the market when it happened. Uh, because what it does is it reduces the, the friction of dealing with different companies, uh, allows companies to, to uh, do more with, with fewer resources. And it, quite frankly, reduces the number of mistakes that get made incredibly because you now have systems that are managing the information instead of unfortunately instead of people that are you know transposing numbers and and, and things like that uh, so what we did was we actually built a core engine around all of the systems that we had uh, created for our business and then we turned it on to help run our business and since we turned it on about three years ago it's been the um, it's been the customer service vendor management quality management and bookkeep for our company. So we automated the invoicing and all the uh, integrations with the with the accounting package. Um, and we manage all of the complexity that's normally done in spreadsheets and email and PDFs, WhatsApp and Slack. We manage it all inside us. And so it reduces the amount of probability of making mistakes. But even more importantly, it keeps all the information in one place instead of it being everywhere and people have to go and dig for agreements and things that they said, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's been quite a journey right right yeah. I, I love the fact that it's just one software with mm-hmm. all different sections of services being fulfilled under one category a big umbrella it is super uh sounds super efficient and effective to me well it's interesting because when we look at the the process we really felt that you know, it, it begins when people design something and then they it's called putting the designs into the wild when they take their designs and then begin working with the, with factories that uh, that do design review. And that process alone is very cumbersome. Uh, and but what we discovered is we really in order to have a true quality management system, we had to manage everything from basically cradle to grave on the orders, which is from when the products are designed and through the bidding and then proofing and tooling prototypes and first article, which happens whenever you doing something that's new that's being designed and someone else has to build it and then we built order management and order change management into it logistics um and then it's an iso compliant quality management system at the back end so it it actually manages every piece of information to do with the relationship and it keeps it all in one place instead of having two separate um, repositories of information, one on the vendor side and one on the customer side. And then even within any customer or vendor, there is five or six different silos that have to work together. Um, And so it actually connects all of the people within an organization as well as between organizations. So yes, it's pretty pretty complex. Right. Uh, I I could hear that. (laughs) I could hear that. I do not belong from a supply chain background. Mine is in marketing. So Mm -hmm. prior to this podcast, you know, I did some digging about supply chain. And the first word that popped up was ERP. I did a little more research, enterprise resource planning is software, right? But are we still, are we as in like, is the supply chain community still into using ERPs or do we have an alternative for that? And is it turning out to be more effective? I'll I'll go back to what an ERP, an enterprise resource planning system is. It's really more focused inside the company. 
So an ERP system, and they're mostly made for companies that build their own products. And then it has very light capabilities in between um, companies that buy components and then or, or other pieces from supply chain and then, and then sell it in. So what we like to say in our, and, and the other thing about an ERP system, when you implement an ERP or when a company implements an ERP system, it takes six to 18 months. They have to change out their accounting package and rebuild everything from scratch. Wow. And so there's potential for mistakes to be made. Many times the ERP integration fails. Um, and then on top of that, the, the, you know, it's, it's very, very expensive relative to what they're using now, typically. Many companies only use a small fraction of the capability of the ERP system. So for us, we we focus on brands that design product and have other people make it. And then they market the product, but they have typically other people distributing it. And so in that case, everything they're doing is external um, other than the design and the marketing. And so ERP systems are not robust in that standpoint. Whereas what we've built is a system that creates a network of suppliers and buyers and allows you to manage all of, as I said before, the information, communications, quality. Essentially, you're, you're communicating inside the platform instead of on Slack and WeChat and email. Um, every agreement that is made is tracked, you know, date stamp essentially. Um, all the communications are tied to a product or a purchase order. Um, and the other thing that it does is it automates all of the accounting. And the beautiful thing is that we can actually integrate to different accounting systems and make that happen. Now, in just in the last couple of months, we've actually we've become a system supplier for um, for, for Intuit. So we've got an agreement there where we are actually co-branding a bundle with QuickBooks. So what wow. happens is all of these small companies that, that are using QuickBooks and growing and having the pain of complexity can actually start using our product immediately, connect to QuickBooks and carry on without having to go through the months of pain and without having to change their accounting package. So our, our initial focus because of that is, is QuickBooks companies, companies that are using QuickBooks. And this allows them essentially to have an ERP system for managing all of their outsourced manufacturing without having to put a big system in and without having to change the GL, the accounting. Method. So somehow we can conclude that the alternatives to ERP are more if turning out to be more effective. They, they, they are dealing with more, I mean, ERP is changing, mm -hmm. but the old ERP systems are, are clunky from this standpoint. You have a choice of spending hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars with SAP, or you can literally, our last onboarding was a half an hour. Um, and then people are able to start using the system immediately and getting the value from. So it's, it's a different animal. Um, mm -hmm. we've approached things a different way, but what it is, it's more flexible and it ties in. And the other side of it is that there are now, platforms that manage inventory management, logistics, those types of things. So we can actually plug in directly to the inventory planning, to the logistics side, as well as the accounting, payments, et cetera, and create a system that, that manages all of the relationships traditionally are done outside of the systems. So people are asked to get information, then they go out and they work with spreadsheets and make phone calls and, mm -hmm. and emails and slacks and they update these spreadsheets and then they upload in the results into the packages and they download a new report and they start working again. Whereas with Omni, they actually do all of that work inside the system. Everything's updated in real time. And, uh, and because of that, they know their data is clean and good and real. 
and in real time. I've done that. I've done the spreadsheet thing. And I know how hassle, how much of a hassle it is. Yes. Yeah. I've got uh, one, one new client um, has one person that spends 20 hours a week managing the inventory spreadsheets. That's it. And so once they connect to our system and connect it to QuickBooks, all of a sudden QuickBooks becomes current and real time and they can trust the information in it instead of having to do everything manually because things aren't always done within the systems in real time. Well, it was good to kind of upgrade my knowledge in this sense. Now I know something about supply chain. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, taking into account that you have 30 years of expertise and knowledge, mm-hmm. this becomes an obvious question to be asked. What are the most significant factors that contribute to a tech company's growth? And if you could just throw some light on the strategic alliances in Canada's tech sector. Well, from a strategic standpoint, there's a number of different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is, you know, you've heard of product market fit. Well, it's having a product solves a pain that people are willing to pay for. Um, from a partnership standpoint, it's been really interesting. You know, we've partnered with, with Intuit and QuickBooks, and we're now partnering with um, other companies in the ecosystem who have clients that have the pain that they haven't been able to find the solve for that, that we're able to take care of. You know, from a Canadian standpoint, one example from our case would be integrating with, with Shopify, for example, would be uh, very good. It's And it's interesting because there's one trigger in Shopify crucial to be able to keep all the data current, um, but they, they won't produce a an API connection for that okay. point. Don't know why, but if you look in the Reddit feeds, people have been talking about it for years. And, and so it's really interesting. There are certain things that allow you to grow and others that become hindrances that are out of your control. But from a strategic standpoint and, and from and looking at growth, number one is, you know, painting a picture of what it looks like when it's done and then reverse engineering it to figure out which steps to take, who to work with, and then quite frankly, doing and learning every single day. At this point, stays the same, whichever industry it is, it doesn't matter. You really have to do it and then fail and then chalk out a solution plan, sit, uh, you know, go through the resources, learn more about it. Yeah, you'll be able to do it. Every single day at the end of the day, what did I do today? What worked? What didn't work? What did I learn? And based on that, what am I going to do tomorrow? And if you go through that learning and, uh, you know, um, and debriefing loop, each day and then set a new intention for the next day and then execute on it, it takes you that one step closer. Absolutely. And when you think uh, about the challenges that the supply chain industry faces, would mm-hmm. you be able to just give us five, the most, you know, let's say the prioritized challenges that you will get it inevitable, which uh, the size of the business you have, be it small business, be it an enterprise level, what do you think are going to be those five challenges that the companies will face? It's really interesting. It, it, and it all revolves around communications of some form. Okay. So the challenges are the relationships that you have with the people that, that you're working with. Your, the people inside your supply and your value chain. Um, and it's not just the ones you buy from directly. 
but the ones that they have to buy from in order to serve you. And so complexity, especially as your SKU count or the number of products you have grows, and as the number of vendors that you're touching increases, um, that becomes a hindrance to scale or to growing um, after a certain point. Because you know, you're in marketing. So you remember the communication story where there's two points, it's only one. But as soon as right. there's three, there's six. And when there's yeah. four, there's 16. Well, as soon as you have these multipliers happening, um, it becomes a lot to manage. Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurs tend to be problem solvers. And the way we learn to solve these problems is by creating spreadsheets and hiring people to manage the information. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so that's one. So then the visibility, because you don't have things in real time, is a second. Um, quality management, in other words, communicating what's working and not working and having a formal system like ISO 9001 2015 I'm sure you've heard of it yes. but it, it is a it's a system of managing quality that every single company that needs it tends to stand up their own system and they all work a little differently but they all have again spreadsheets doc mm-hmm. uh, you know word documents and lots of manual labor to follow everything up and they're also siloed so quality system that a vendor has or a customer has is not visible to the vendor. So they can't see how they're performing and the, the, the customer has to aggregate all the information. So that's that's another piece that's a challenge. Um, a big, big, big cause of a lot of the challenges in supply chain, quite frankly, is the initial information that comes out. If you haven't specified the product correctly, mm-hmm. it won't be made properly. It's that simple. And so uh, communications, and especially when people are kind of designing on the fly and they make some agreements in Slack or WhatsApp, and then they're emailing, and then they say other things in the email, and you've got this information all over the place, it's very difficult to do a forensic analysis of what went wrong with something. So it's a, it's a big piece. Yeah, so um, meaning, yeah, please. No, you go ahead. That's okay. No, so. So, uh, yeah, so communication, attention to detail, planning in advance, knowing what is happening at each level of your business, be it the ground level or the intermediary or even the management level. You really need to know what is happening just so you are delivering that exact end product which was the thought behind when you were when you started to design the product, like the whole process. One of the things that happens is um, entrepreneurs are good firefighters, but they are not really good at looking upstream to find out what the cause of the fire is. Um, we tend to go from fire mm-hmm. instead of pausing and reflecting yeah. and realizing this is a symptom of something mm-hmm. that's going wrong further upstream. First becomes awareness. You've got to become aware that you have to take time away mm-hmm. and think about these things. Um, and that's when the solutions start to show up. So looking upstream is absolutely key. Right. As the co-founder of Omni Technology, purely a cloud-based supply chain management platform, how would you say that Omni stands out in terms of the services, uh, products, or even the engineers and your tech uh, team do when they do that groundwork? How do you think, how would you say or justify that they stand out? Uh, you're talking about the root causes? Uh, I'd say in terms of the in terms of your competitors in the market. Um, well, you know, the problem is real. Um, there, there are a number of competitors at different levels. You know, one of the things that's really interesting is there are some products that are made by people that have experience in the industry and in the product. And there are others that have decided that it's what they're going to build, but they don't necessarily know because they haven't been in it. There is a big difference between the quality of product that's made by people that are inside and, and know what these root causes are 
versus others that don't quite understand what the, what the process is. A hundred percent. I feel that. I, I strongly think that certain things, which I, which I would say 50% comes with time. When you are in that space, when you've seen failure, when you've seen problems, when you really have to go deep dive, dig into solutions and plan out all those things and do it consistently for years, that is when you know how to build a startup or a organization. Well, the more uh, the more experience you have under your belt, the you know the more resources you have to draw on in terms of what to do and what not to do. Absolutely. One of the biggest things, though, is it's it the learning. If you choose to grow, grow your company or grow yourself, the learning never ends. There's always a learning curve, and the key, one of the biggest things, is to look into the next month or the next quarter and ask the question. What do I need to know? Therefore, what do I need to learn now so that I can be prepared for what's going to happen to me in three months or six months and be proactive on the learning? So it's really interesting. Um, We have to transition as entrepreneurs from dealing with today and the the all the demands of today to actually being able to step back and look at where we want to take business in the future, and based on that, learn. learn what we need to learn right and also there's been such a huge shift uh before being using traditional approaches to now completely uh being on digital platforms using digital technologies and it and it will never end it's gonna reach some other heights in some more years it will absolutely yeah Absolutely, yes. And then your years of expertise will definitely benefit our SME community and also help them better see the big picture. Um, it was great to have you on the show today. Thank you for all tuning into the podcast. To that end, we hope you found this helpful in better understanding that an effective supply chain management strategy will optimize all aspects of this process from procurement and production to distribution and delivery. Please feel free to visit Omni.com to learn more about their packages, software, and services that they offer. See you all next time. Once again, thank you so much, Dan, for having. Thank you very much, Karina. I really appreciate it, and I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. It was a privilege to speak with Dan today, a highly knowledgeable and affable individual with extraordinary foresight in all things business and logistics. We would like to thank our exclusive banking partner, RBC, and shipping partner, UBS, for supporting this initiative. Please do share the podcast and feel free to check out other episodes. Also, do not forget to subscribe to Canadian SME Small Business Magazine to stay up to date on all of our upcoming events and get the top business insights from industry leaders. This is Karina signing off, your host for the Small Business Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Canadian SME Podcast. Please visit canadiansme.ca to subscribe and join us next week as we share more expert advice from Canadian business leaders. Music